0: it's zo time welcome to zo time show presented by hoopsandbrews.com i will be your host for the night daniel belts and well lakers nation we are almost back we are almost uh what a week away until media day starts in los angeles and then we're about two weeks away from our first preseason game that's going to be on september 30th so it's it's almost here it's been a long off season we've had a lot of acquisitions we've had a lot of noise about the Lakers this summer and we signed the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball so the anticipation is running very high for Laker fans across the world and it's exciting times in less than two weeks we get to see LeBron James wear the purple and gold for the first time and compete it's going to be it's going to be wild when we see LeBron James take the floor for the first time in a Lakers jersey because I mean, you look at some of the all-time greats and they've almost all worn a Lakers jersey. There's Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Shaq, Wilt. So when you look at the best players to ever play the game of basketball, most of them have worn a Lakers jersey and within two weeks, we get to see LeBron James do the exact same thing and it's, it's exciting times in Lakers basketball. I never thought we would see LeBron James wear the purple and gold but it's almost like it seemed he should have been a Laker for his entire career he is having one hell of a off season he's opened up that school he had Travis Scott perform at his anniversary party with his wife so he's had all these shows come out on HBO and he's producing all these things so he is a media guy he is a entertainer and he just happens to be one of the greatest basketball players ever played. so he should have been in this market for his entire career and it's sad that Cleveland got most of his prime because it's a shit show over in Cleveland and Cleveland fans deserve nothing so it's just sad that he had to spend most of his career in a city state that doesn't really respect who he is as a person they just like who he is as a basketball player so that's enough on that. And, I mean, two weeks away, we get to see if Lonzo is back to being close to 100%. Obviously, I'm a huge Lonzo fan. That's why I named the podcast Time Podcast. And Hoops and Broobs helped come up with that name. If you haven't already, go check them out. And it's just interesting to see if how healthy Lonzo's knee will be. We also get to see that shot that he's been working on this summer. So, again, we're two weeks away from kind of seeing what we have to work with. We get to see the improvement of all of our young guys from Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zubak, and then the rookies we got in the draft. We get to see what they look like in a NBA setting instead of a summer league setting. So it's exciting times in Laker land. Like, it's... Basketball is almost back. And once basketball resumes, we also won't be seeing the garbage Kobe takes on the timeline anymore. I'm not sure if most of you guys are aware, but whenever the summertime happens, it means no NBA. And the 12 to 18 year old fan base that happens to be non-Laker fans just go to massacre the legacy and reputation of Kobe Bryant. They come up with all these wild takes and then they mix that with the twenty-five to thirty-five-year-old NBA fans of other teams that Kobe beat his entire career. You mix those two like fan bases together, and all you see is Kobe hate twenty-four-seven on Twitter. And it's just it's quite the spectacle if you're not a Lakers fan because you'll see Raptor fans, Rocket fans, um, Jazz fans, Suns fans, Raptor fans, Heat fans. You see all these franchises just fan bases come together and just shit on the legacy of kobe bryant and it's just funny it's like did you just happen to black out during the 2000 the 2013 era that was kobe bryant did you forget how great he was did you not realize that he went to seven finals in that span he won five of them he made the most all-defensive first teams ever, so it just, like, did you just forget who he was, or do you just like talking nonsense? And I'm beginning to think people just like speaking nonsense and getting a lot of retweets for it, and if you look at whoever tweets it, it's either a very young person who did not see Kobe in his prime or a fan of a team that Kobe destroyed repeatedly year after year. And some of the takes you will see during the summertime is... You'll see James Harden is better than Kobe, which is laughable. You see that uh, the Kobe got carried by Shaq takes all the time. And it always seems to be that they only put up the finals numbers instead of the whole playoff numbers, which is hilarious because in order to get to the NBA finals, you have to do what? You have to win the three series before it, so... I mean what did he do in those series if you look at that you'll see he did a lot of things then you also have to like look at the context and who the Lakers were playing and what the opposition had if you will remember correctly every team the Lakers faced in the finals had a very shitty front court but had a great back court so then you'll realize those numbers are skewed because the Lakers attacked the other team's weakness and just watch the film for yourself and make your own um, opinion based off watching the film instead of just looking at numbers and retweeting what a nine-year-old has to say also you will see kobe isn't in their top 20 players of all time which is ridiculous like that's just i can't believe people think they can name 20 players better than kobe bryant and that's just straight out laughable so i'm just ready for there to be actual basketball takes and real basketball knowledge back on the timeline instead of idiots derailing NBA Twitter over the summer with their terrible takes. I'm just ready for their terrible takes to be over and we can start discussing what's actually happening in the NBA, how the Lakers are doing, what trades they need to make, what the future looks like, how LeBron is playing, how much has Alonzo progressed, should the Lakers trade for another star? Like, I want to talk about those things instead of talking about the past even though the Lakers do have a great past and Kobe is a top 10 player so it's it's just it's a strange time for NBA summer because there's also not NFL on the timeline so it's just it's a quiet time because no one really fucks with baseball so like you don't see all these baseball tweets on the timeline you see a bunch of basketball takes and again I'm just ready for that to be over and then for most of those fans that come up with these incredibly stupid takes they'll start making takes about their own random team and we don't really care just don't slander a goat that's all we ask for also if you haven't done so please make sure you go follow uh, Zotime podcast on twitter also go to hoopsandbrews.com to the merch section and get your Zotime sweaters get hoops and brews gear as well everything's reasonably priced you can find any awesome t-shirt or sweater to normally wear under 25 bucks if you want the higher quality stuff I think that runs you about 35 dollars but again it's nice content it's a ton of sweaters and sweatshirts on that site so it'll keep you warm during the upcoming winter like the greatest show to ever come on the TV said winter is coming and just Prepare yourself for winter and get yourself some awesome um, sweatshirts from hoopsandbrews.com. Also make sure you follow everything Hoops and Brews related as well. They're coming out with just a ton of new content, like a bartender gives out drinks, but the only difference is the content that TPJ and Pavi are pushing out isn't watered down, it's actual content we need, and it's great stuff. And you'll see like a bartender sometimes gives out just watered down shots at the end of the night no everything tpj and Pavi are producing is just it's awesome they're coming out with a new king watch they got also the hoops and brews episodes they're almost on like episode i'm not sure how many episodes they have but it's way over 100 um, they also have a betting podcast i believe coming out uh, tpj has a like a lover slash dating podcast coming out also you can find all of that on hoops and brews youtube youtube page or you can follow along on their uh twitter page as well and it's just it's great content it's two dudes that are very focused very self-driven and just two very very creative dudes pushing out great stuff and for everyone else that just kind of had like a hole missing once the nba stopped you can go listen to those and it'll kind of fill that void. It's just another another place where fans of creative people can go to escape and then just listen along and just come up with new thoughts and ideas about life and about just anything. Also, if you haven't done so already, go listen to Pavi's Proverbs album. It's one of the best albums I've heard this year. And it's not just like from artist on the rise it's from like all the great artists as well like i would rather listen to Pavi's Proverbs than kanye's uh newest um, album because i did not feel moved with kanye's album the way i felt with uh Pavi's album if streets calling does not have you in a good mood there is something wrong with you the minute you turn that song on you just want to dance and you just want to vibe and you just want to like go out and just like have a great time it's a very well put together album. The beats are great. What he spits is great. And it's just it's just a very good album. So go give that a listen. And buy it on iTunes if you'd like. It's also available to stream on Spotify. Uh, Apple Music. And I believe SoundCloud as well. So just go check that out. And today we actually do have a lot to talk about. Regarding Lakers basketball. We've got some speculation with uh, certain trades that may or may not happen, certain players that may be um, presumed tradable. And we have some takes on how well Svee has played this summer, as well as a mini-debate on Shaq versus Anthony Davis. So we've got a lot to talk about on this podcast. And, I mean, this will be probably the last podcast where... It's just speculation. Next podcast will have what I saw from the floor regarding Lakers players because I believe the next time I would do an episode it'll be after Lakers Media Day. So, Yeah, this is the dog days of NBA Summer over and this is just going to be the last kind of fuck it, let me come up with some crazy ideas to talk about and We'll see if it actually happens in the future because there's this one hypothetical trade idea that I really want, but it's kind of a long shot. And I mean, it's for a top five player in the NBA, so I would love that. I would love to pair LeBron with another top five NBA player, but more on that later. So we really will have Lakers basketball to break down soon, and I don't know if it's just me because... There's just something about the NBA that's just a way bigger interest in the NFL, but once the NBA is back, my interest in the NFL dies way down. Like, I'm a... I wouldn't say I'm a small-time Broncos fan either. Like, I've been following the Broncos since, what, 2000? Because I really don't remember my childhood, so I might have been following them when they won back-to-back titles with John Elway. But when I was 8 in 2000, I just remember being a Brian Greasy and Terrell Davis fan, and... I've been following them ever since. I really enjoyed when they won the Super Bowl against the Panthers, hated it when they got blown out by the Seahawks, but as I've gotten older, my interest in the NFL has just died down. Like I don't know if it's because I'm tired of seeing people get knocked unconscious, and I'm just not a fan of the violentness of the game. I like a more beautiful game, which is why I like soccer and basketball a lot more than I do the NFL. But whenever the NBA season starts back up, I just don't really care about the NFL anymore. And as a Lakers slash Bronco fan, the Lakers have always been a 100 times more exciting to watch. Even though the Broncos have basically been good since I've been a fan. Like they have not really had that many bad seasons. They've played in a couple Super Bowls. They had some deep playoff runs as well. Just whenever the purple and gold are on TV, I just get caught up in this Lakers-type addiction, and I can't help it. I will choose to watch Laker games over Bronco games on Sundays. I will revolve my week around when the Lakers play. I will not do that for the Broncos. So again, I don't know how many other of you are out there, but once the NBA starts, it's like everything else sport-wise does not matter. I will not care about the World Series. Who gives a shit about baseball? I will, however, plan my week around Arsenal playing as well. So it's Lakers and Arsenal are the two teams I follow kind of like diehardish, And the others just kind of don't fall under that category. Now let's get to the Lakers stat of the day. Two of our amazing young players are playing currently overseas. We have Zvi... Playing for Ukraine in the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. And we have uh, Zubak playing for Croatia in the FIBA World Cup qualifiers. And both had a pretty impressive outing last week. Svi played against Spain. And it wasn't Spain's A team. But Svi was still pretty impressive. He put up 22 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds, and 5 steals. Yes, I know Svi can score. I know Svi can shoot. But what I like seeing is the 3 assists and the 5 steals. That means he's active on D and he can play make. And again, I know it was not Spain's A team, but he was still playing against like NBA caliber type talent. Uh, If you looked at Spain's roster, they had Sergio Rodriguez on there. And for those that do not know, Sergio actually played probably five years in the NBA. So he did put up pretty good numbers against some NBA talent. And it's not like Sergio's this old guy. He's 32. It's just another game that Svi shows that he is way more than just a shooter. And I will talk way more about this later in the podcast because I'm going to have a um, Svi-type topic. And it's just, he is not just a shooter, although that shot is deadly. And again, we will talk more about Svit Jesus later. Let's just talk a bit about what Zubok did against uh, Lithuania. I had no idea Croatia had that much NBA talent. Like, they have a pretty loaded um, NBA team for Croatia. They have Zubac, Zizic, Saric, and Bogdanovic. So, like, they actually have a pretty competitive team. So, Zubac's minutes were kind of limited in that game, but he did have a pretty impressive 11 points, 4 rebounds, and 3, bo- 3, uh, 3 blocks. Also, he had a plus 8 while he was on the floor, like that's a box score plus minus, and although Croatia did lose that game to Lithuania, it shows that when Zubak was on the court, that team was better than the Lithuanian team, so Zubak doesn't really fall into the category as to why that team lost, it had to do with other factors, with trying to share minutes between Zizic and Saric and Zubak was for for whatever reason the odd man out even though he was a positive impact on the court and both will be in action again today this is Monday the 17th and uh, I believe Ukraine is down at halftime and Svi has five points and two steals so he's not playing as great as he did against Spain but I believe Svi will bounce back in the second half and have a pretty, pretty, pretty strong second half. And I think this might be their last game in Europe before they come back over for the start of training camp. They might have one more game over there, but I believe their international duties are winding down, and this might be the last time they actually have a chance to try to qualify for the World Cup in 2019 for their national teams. So the rest of their national players will have to up the slack and try to get their teams to that world cup but i know zvi did all he could to get ukraine to the level that they needed to be at and i believe croatia has the talent to get to the world cup without zubak there and let's see just basically going into our next topic with zvi and that is by all-star break i expect zvi to have taken all of lance's minutes Like, I do not think come... What is it? Come February, I don't think uh, Lance Stevenson will be in the rotation. I just think that Zvi is that great of a player. And I think everything he does well kind of, like, uh, mixes in with what Lance Stevenson does on the basketball court. Also, Zvi is... A hell of a lot lo- younger than Lance Stevenson and he's actually on contract for a couple more years which Lance Stevenson is not so I believe they will be giving those minutes to Svi to kind of like prepare for the future as well and like regarding trade deadline moves I expect the Lakers to be very active at the deadline I think this will be one of the most active uh active times that they've had at the deadline since the Pau Gasol years. Because I do think the Lakers make a splash for a bigger player at the deadline to kind of get ready for the playoffs to kind of get LeBron some more help. But let's just take a look at why I think Zvi will make Lance Stevenson kind of an outcast and why I believe the things that I do. As of right now, the Lakers have a logjam at the 2-3 position. We have KCP, we have Lance Stevenson, we have Svi, and we have Josh Hart. So already, there's about four players there that should combine to get, what, 96 minutes? And KCP showed last year after his jail sentence that he is a one hell of a basketball player. Josh Hart showed at the end of last season and the beginning of Summer League that he is going to be one hell of a player. So that leaves probably one other player to get the rest of those minutes, and I believe that's going to be Zvi by uh, All-Star break. I do not think Lance Stevenson will be on this team past the deadline. And so you just want to look at what those three players can do that Lance can't do and the answer is nothing they all can do what Lance does but we need to see that Zvi can do it at the NBA level because once he does you can kiss goodbye to Lance Stevenson because KCP can shoot he can defend Josh Hart showed that he can shoot he can finish in transition he can defend and when given some playmaking duties he can do it Also, playmaking duties might not need to be at the primary want because we do have Lonzo Ball, Rondo, and LeBron James who can all playmake. We also have Brandon Ingram who can playmake. And we also need consistency going forward with our team. And consistency isn't a word I would use to describe Lance Stevenson. But it could be a word that you describe KCP with, because he's normally very consistent. Just look at like his numbers for the past three years. They look pretty much the same, even though he shot better in LA than he did Detroit. Josh Hart is someone that you can depend on to be consistent with as well. And if you look at Zvi with what he did in college, with what he did in Summer League, and with what he's doing with Ukraine right now, it looks sustainable. So that's why I believe Lance can be off the court. So, what Svi does really well right now is he shoots that ball so beautifully. Like, his jumper is very J.J. Redick slash Sasha Vujicic beautiful. Like, it's... Every time he shoots it, I think it's going to go in. And I haven't felt that way for a Laker player in a long time from downtown since uh, either Robert Ori, Glenn Rice, or... For whatever reason, I always had this strange feeling that whenever Derek Fisher shot a shot, it was going in. I do not know why. Maybe it's the arc that he put on the ball. It's just every time he shot the ball in a clutch situation, I always thought that shit was going in. That is what Zvi... Every time he... Every time he straightens up to fire away from three, I think it's going in. Like, I... Wouldn't get mad at the other players on our team if they started to trot back on defense. Because, again, every time he shoots it, I think it's going in. Um... And yeah, it's just, once V shows that he can play make at the NBA level, and I don't even need him to get three assists, maybe like two and a half assists per game with the amount of minutes he's getting is all I need to see, because once he can do that, Lance is gone. Like, it's just, there would be no use for him on this team. So, if you watch Summer League, if you watch some of his FIBA highlights, uh, You can see that he sees the floor a lot better than what was expected. I didn't really follow him that much at Kansas. I only followed him at Kansas whenever the um, NCAA tournament would come along. And I didn't really see this in college. But what I have seen in the NBA is he can dribble and he can set up for others. He can also dribble for himself and he can create for himself off the dribble. And he can shoot like, that beautiful step-back James Harden-type three-point shot he did in Summer League was amazing. He also showed that he can, like, take two dribbles inside the um, three-point line after he's bitten someone off of that pump fake, take two dribbles inside the three-point line, and shoot, like, an 18 to 16-foot jumper and drain it, which is one of the critiques that Clay Thompson couldn't do coming into the league, and Clay Thompson is another player that people like to compare Svee to, and... It's just, I can't help but fall in love with Zvi's game. And once he shows that he's able to do more than just shoot consistently at the NBA level, it's a wrap. Like, I really think he's going to get 12 to 18 minutes per game in hell. Depending on how well he can play and how well Josh Hart can play, they might even render KCP just a little bit more useless for this team. And maybe he's gone at the deadline, too, if they trade Lance and KCP and Picks for... A superstar that I'm going to talk about later. So again. One of the best things that the Lakers have done. With their late first round and second round picks. Is they draft guys that stayed at college and developed. You can see. The difference between Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Versus Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma and Zvi. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram are two very very promising prob prospects that are probably going to be the two best young players on our team in the future but as of right now they still might be but the players on the team with like the most um development is outside of LeBron and maybe the older vets is Kuzma, Hart, and Zvi. Why that is is they stayed at college for three to four years they played at a pretty impressive program with Josh Hart playing at Nova championship winning team Um, Svee playing at Kansas, championship contending team. Mo Wagner playing at Michigan, championship contending team. And Kyle Kuzma playing at Utah, which makes the NCAA tournament almost every year. And they have a really well-respected coach at Utah. So you can kind of see why the Lakers have targeted those guys. They have targeted players that can come in right away and produce and fill a hole on this team. Kyle Kuzma can shoot. Hart can shoot, Zvi can shoot, Mo can shoot, while Lonzo and Ingram are projects, so it's kind of like the Lakers took two of the best young players that are going to have two of the most, um, most promising upside, and then with the rest of their picks, they took players that they know what they can do now, so they were very safe, very well thought out, and just very good picks all around the board that the Lakers have done and listen I do like Lance Stevenson as a player I think he can compete and one thing you know with Lance Stevenson is no matter what the situation is Lance Stevenson is always going to give 100% effort whether it's game 1 of the NBA season or it's game 7 in the West Eastern Conference playoffs he's going to at least try as fucking hard as he can out there We just need to see that competitive spirit, that dog inside of Svee, because you see it in Josh Hart. Josh Hart wasn't supposed to play more than, I think, one game in Vegas, yet he got the coaches to say, you know what, let's let Josh Hart try and win us this Summer League Championship. And they got to the final game, they just ran into a Portland Trailblazer team that fielded, I think, eight players that are probably playable in the NBA, which is pretty wild for a Summer League team, but it is what it is. So they just need to see Zvi kind of have that heart and hustle that Lance Stevenson does. And I believe Zvi can have that kind of impact on a team. And, like, Lance is the ultimate wild card. Like, you can plug him into a playoff series and he might be an X-factor. I just think Zvi will be a more consistent and a better X-factor than Lance Stevenson will be. And that's why I kind of want Zvi to take over his role by... February, and I wouldn't even be mad if by, like, December 15th, which I think they can trade players that signed over the summer, like, I wouldn't even be mad if Lance and some other vets are gone by then, so Svi can take over and get his role and solidify minutes for years to come. It's just... It's gonna be how well they produce on the court, because the Lakers will make moves to get LeBron help. Like, that's one thing I am a 100% certain on. Like, I... just listening to Magic, listening to Palenka, it seems like they're all in on getting LeBron help for a championship contending team, and they won't hesitate, in my mind, to make a move for a superstar. And some players that can be moved are Lance Stevenson, KCP, Rondo, JaVale, then even some of our young guys after December 15th. So, I don't know. Like, it's going to be one bumpy ride with who's producing on the floor, what moves can be made to make the team better. It's going to be... It's going to be one very entertaining season for the Los Angeles Lakers. And another reason why I think Zvi will do so well on this Los Angeles Lakers basketball team is for the games I saw Zvi play at Kansas, he was okay with taking a back seat and letting the better players on the floor kind of, like, take over. Um whether that was, like, Frank Mason or some of the other guards that came out of Kansas, like, he was okay with them kind of running the show. Zvi would just, like, kind of put his head down, be the 3 and D type player that Kansas needed him to be. Like, he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Like, he doesn't mind everyone getting involved. He does not have this ego. He stays in his lane, does his own thing, and he meshes well with talent, which is just another high IQ guy I think that the Lakers drafted. Also, I've got a bunch of corny ass sayings for Zvi already, like, I mean, I mean, they're very corny, and they're very lame, but they're just some I like. I've already got Sweet Jesus, instead of a sweet Jesus, and I've already got, Zviet things are made of this, who am I to disagree, travel the world to see made threes, everybody's looking for Mikhailuk. What That is very corny, and like, I understand how lame that might be, but you know what, It's it's catchy. So I'm going to run with that Zveet things are made of this kind of like thing going later on in the road. But also it's very important to remind all of you guys that even though Zveet did play four years at college, he's only 21. He is very young for being a four-year college player. And just projecting what he might be in the NBA, you kind of have like four players that are very similar to his skill set. He can range anywhere from being Sasha Vujacic, Cal Korver, to J.J. Redick, to Klay Thompson. And I think that's a pretty, like, okay list to, like, kind of compare him to. Like, I don't think we're being facetious with saying he might be Klay Thompson. While realizing he might just be another Sasha Vujacic. who, hey, Sasha Vujacic hit two of the biggest free throws in Laker history, so... All four of those players can shoot. All four of those players listed can hoop. So if Zvi, a second-round pick, who was number 47, I believe, can turn into Sasha, to Kyle Korver, to JJ, to Clay, then the Lakers did very well on just another pick, and their scouting department and their drafting is just top-notch and probably the best in the league right now. And, I mean, we do have... Reasons to believe he can turn into a JJ Reddick to a Kyle Korver, to a Clay, because just look at what he did in summer league. Look at how well he's impacting FIBA already at the age of 21. So it's fun to speculate, and we all might look crazy forever saying, "Hey, Zvi has a chance to become Clay Thompson," but you never know. Clay Thompson was never this highly um, thought of when he was drafted from Washington. I believe washington state it was so you never know kyle Corver was also a second round pick i believe the one that had the most expectations was jj reddick who was taken in the top 10 and i mean I, kyle Corver's made an all-star team clay thompson's made a couple i don't know if jj ever did and sasha has two rings so hey if zvi can have any kind of similarity to any of those careers we we drafted perfectly also, just like for Laker fans, let's not forget that we also do have another really important rookie on the team with Mo Wagner. I feel like with the rise of Zvi and how we've all fallen in love with his game, we've forgotten about Mo Wagner, and that's kind of sad because Mo was one of the most exciting players in college last season. He led his Michigan Wolverines to the title game, and I expect great things, great things from both of those rookies, and While we build up Svi to be the next whoever great shooting guard, let's not forget Mo Wagner has talent. He was our first round draft pick. We do have him locked up for four years on a very cheap team-friendly contract. And we should just not forget about him. And we should just hope that he's healthy after that scare that he had in Summer League with, I believe it was his knee. And just be excited for both of these rookies and... The precedent that Magic and Polinka have set with their draft picks is high because um, Josh Hart, great. Kuzma, great. Lonzo, great. like Three really good picks. So now we have Zvi who looks all the part. And then we have Mo Wagner who, when he was playing, he also looked very good. So the bar has been set high for our rookie players and I believe they will be just as good as our late draft picks from last year now let's move on to our next topic and this is kind of one i'm excited to talk about and it's a topic that hoops and brews hit me with i believe two weeks ago also before i get into this topic it's kind of wild how hoops and brews comes up with uh it was like wade curry it was clay Kawhi, and they come up with all these segments during the sub during the summer and then three four days after they come out with it, you see it on ESPN. So a lot of the topics, a lot of the conversations, they start. They don't get the credit they deserve for what they do start. But you see it on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever you watch your morning sport takes on. You'll see that a lot of it has started from what Hoops and Brews does put out. So, I mean, they are debating the correct stuff because it catches fire and it spreads. So... I got a text message from Pavi, like a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, it was, who would you take, Shaq or Anthony Davis? And I immediately go, do I have to answer it? Because, like, that's a very tough question. And I know Anthony Davis doesn't have anywhere near the accolades Shaq has or had. I think Anthony Davis can easily get to four rings win three Finals MVPs, and win an MVP. I think that's very attainable for Anthony Davis. But I'm Laker biased. Of course I'm going to take Shaq, and I feel like any Laker fan that wouldn't take Shaq is just kind of disrespecting Shaq's legacy as a Laker because we do not win those three titles from 2000 to 2002 without Shaq. And obviously, we all know that. He was a three-time Finals MVP winner with L.A., But, Shaq could not do what Anthony Davis can do. Shaq can't shoot. He can't dribble. He can't, I mean, I don't know. There's just some things that Anthony Davis does on a basketball court that should not be legal for a seven-footer to be able to do. Like, it's just, he's absolutely just insane. And that's, one of the reasons why I want Anthony Davis to be a part of the Los Angeles Lakers, but just like a quick little debate on Shaq versus Anthony Davis. Shaq was dominant. When you fed him the ball in the post, you knew that it was going to be a basket. There was was no stopping Shaq in his prime. You either had to double him or you had to foul him. And even sometimes doubling him wouldn't work. He would still finish over the double team. That's how strong, that's how dominant, that's just how good of a player Shaq was. And a lot of people say, well, There was no good big men back then, or Shaq just abused terrible competition. Just stop it. Every NBA great has played in an era where maybe talent was watered down. Like, look at. Let's see. Like, look at Jordan's era. You can say the same thing about the talent. Look at the 80s era. You can say, look at the talent. Look at the 2000s. You can look at the talent. Look at this decade. You can say, hey, there's a huge talent disparity as well. So, you can make that argument for almost any decade about the talent they faced, well, let's give the proper credit to like where it's due. Nobody could sh- stop Shaq. You knew what he was going to do and he did it. He had that fight in him and he was able to will his team to victory in certain games. There's just something about Shaq within like the uh, 3 Pete Lakers where he just looked like a man possessed. I haven't seen that possessed look come from Anthony Davis' eyes just yet. And that's part of the fact why I would take Shaq over Anthony Davis. Like, I know Shaq is going to be able to do the dirty things when it is needed. I have not seen Anthony Davis do that yet. And hopefully, Anthony Davis can find that somewhere. Shaq kind of had to get out of Orlando to find that elsewhere, so hey... Maybe Anthony Davis has to get out of New Orleans to find it elsewhere as well. Also, Anthony Davis isn't in his prime yet. He's not as strong as Shaq was. Shaq would just back you down and just abuse you. Like, he was a force to be reckoned with. He was just a immovable object. Anthony Davis is not that. What Anthony Davis does have is this athleticism, the agility, the ability to space the floor. He can hit anywhere from a dunk, an alley-oop, to a three-point shot, and anywhere in between that. He is hes basically like an NBA 2K cheat code. It's just he has to find that will to win somewhere. Because he doesn't fully dominate just yet. When he does begin to fully dominate, this conversation might change. Because Shaq was just an insane physical specimen that had a couple moves mm-hmm. and just did them repeatedly and you just took your lunch money. Anthony Davis just sometimes he gets too cute with it. He tries to play too much like a guard, and he doesn't use his size to the advantage that Shaq did. And I will say this now: I think in ten to fifteen years, Anthony Davis probably has like a eighty-five percent chance to pass Shaq up in like uh, in this conversation because I do think, like I said, Anthony Davis will be able to do that. I do th- I honestly think Anthony Davis can be a four-time MVP winner, a three to four-time champion, a three to four-time Finals MVP winner. Like I think Anthony Davis has a chance to go down as a top 10 NBA player of all time. He has a huge chance of being better than Tim Duncan ever was at the power forward position. Like that's how highly I think of Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is by far the best player by a mile that's 25 and younger he is just that fucking good which saying all of this Anthony Davis does need the right environment to flourish and I believe that environment is in LA but he's not a free agent for a while so that'll lead into my next topic in a second but let's just talk a little bit more about Shaq and Anthony Davis I believe Shaq how would you say this with like regarding their defense? I think Anthony Davis is one hell of a defender and should be better than what Shaq was in L.A. as a defender, but I just don't see that yet. I think Shaq in L.A. was a really good defender, and he doesn't get the credit for being that defender that he should be getting. And I think Anthony Davis should be farther along on his defensive abilities. I think he should be affecting the game on the defensive side of the ball just as much as he does on the offensive side of the ball. I think Anthony Davis is a freak of nature that can do it on both ends. He can be basically a more talented 7-foot Kawhi. And that's scary for the rest of the league. So, again, as of right now, give me Shaq over Anthony Davis, but I'm saying, you know what, Anthony Davis will probably be the better player. But if Anthony Davis never progresses to this level of playing that I'm telling you then give me Shaq but if he ever reaches where I think he's going to reach give me AD so it's basically a wait and see but it's going to be very tough if AD does not come to LA to me for, for me to ever admit that Anthony Davis is better than Shaq but I mean we'll see that's just also kind of like talking on the subject as well Anthony Davis never had a player that was um, close to the caliber of player that Kobe Bryant was like Shaq knew he also had a dog next to him maybe Anthony Davis needs that dog next to him as well to kind of elevate his competitiveness because that's what Kobe did for Shaq you can look at all of the interviews that Kobe and Shaq have done since the fallout of the 2014 Shaq will tell you Kobe elevated his play maybe Anthony Davis needs that as well because Shaq in Orlando was this really great NBA player but he just wouldn't dominate when he got to LA he dominated so maybe Anthony Davis just needs a Kobe type player brings me to the next subject I really want to trade for Anthony Davis Like, Anthony Davis is one of the very few NBA players that I would give the godfather type trade for And that list is very short. I'd give it for Kevin Durant and probably Steph Curry and Anthony Davis. Now that we have LeBron. LeBron is also one of those players that I would probably be willing to trade the godfather type thing for in his prime. And what I mean by godfather is... I'd be... I'd be willing to trade three out of the four young guys for Anthony Davis and picks. Like, I... That's how highly I think of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is already a top five player in the NBA in the NBA. He's probably even top three. Like it's probably like LeBron, Durant, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, James Harden. That's those are the five best players in the NBA, in my opinion. Because people will say Russell Westbrook, but hey, Anthony Davis at least got out of the first round this year. Speak to me when Russell Westbrook does. And again, why trading for anthony davis now is so enticing is you get to pair him with lebron james who might be able to bring that dog out of ad and i mean the last time the lakers had two top five players in the league they three-peated it was shaq and kobe you get a different version of lebron james and anthony davis and you never know they'll have cap space next summer it's just a very enticing like thing like do you trade for him i don't know like Do the Pelicans trade him? I don't think they ever do. I don't think they ever should. I think they should try like hell to build the team around him that they need. But if the Lakers got Anthony Davis this year, like they'd probably be the number two team in the league. Like you'd have probably, let's think, the Pelicans would probably ask for Kuzma, Ingram, Josh Hart, and picks as a bare minimum. So they say that happens. You have Lonzo starting at the one. KCP starting at the 2, um, LeBron starting at the 3, Beasley starting at the 4, and Anthony Davis starting at the 5. That's a pretty pretty damn good fucking team. Then who knows? Maybe the Lakers flip Lonzo Ball for, let's say, maybe a Kemba Walker or a Damian Lillard. You never know. Like The Lakers can get really weird with it and try all these crazy-ass things at the deadline to get LeBron a championship contender now, but... I'm also I'm I see both sides of this coin and I'm happy with either one. Like I love our young guys. I want to build around them as well. But if you can trade for Anthony Davis, I think you have to do it. But then again, I like our young core. I think we can get free agents to sign next summer and the following Actually no, next summer is our last summer where we can sign players. Because Brendan Ingram's gonna need that contract very soon. Lonzo will need it soon. So I don't know, man, like it's this topic this do you trade for AD do you trade for another star like it's it's tough because LeBron only has probably three four years left at the level he's playing at right now maybe he's only there for two of them so there are so many factors that come into what the Lakers should and shouldn't do and how much should they give up to give LeBron the team now compared to wait one year like I do not know do you waste a year of I wouldn't even call it wasting but a lot of people say that we're gonna punt this season with not getting LeBron the team he needs to beat the Warriors but hell even if the Lakers do get 80 this season do does that team even beat the team that the Warriors have now I just don't know like I really do not know this is why Magic and Plinka are where they are like they are paid to make these type of decisions um If you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the chances of another superstar coming next summer is probably 100%. Like There's no way a superstar would pass on the chance of playing with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the location of L.A. And if the Lakers are able to keep one young player from that hypothetical trade, perfect. Because then again, you have solid vets on the team right now. And then you insert a superstar next year into that lineup, and hell, maybe even Vets will sign on the very cheap to kind of contend for a title next season. So it's very, very intriguing. Like, I do not know what they should do. Like I just... Very fascinating, very crazy times because the Lakers have great draft picks, great young players, um, a lot of assets to move while also having LeBron James while also having cap space to sign people next summer. So, just very intriguing times in LA. Anthony Davis, at the age of 24, last season in the playoffs, averaged 30, 13, 2, and 2. That's pretty phenomenal. You pair that with LeBron James, and again, it's two top five players in the NBA. And you know Magic is going to do whatever he can to get LeBron a ring. In Los Angeles like I I look at magic and I think he's gonna do whatever it takes he's cutthroat he's very decisive he's very intelligent with his moves magic Johnson and Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss have not gone wrong on one decision since taking over and I just don't know I really want Anthony Davis in a Lakers jersey he's not a free agent until 2021 which LeBron's prime will probably be done by then he might even be retired do you trade Lonzo, Ingram, Kuz, Hart to get them? I don't know because I also think each and every single one of those players has a tremendous, tremendous amount of potential. This is why I'm not paid to make those decisions. Because I can see both sides of that coin and I would be very hesitant to pull the trigger, even though I would want to pull the trigger, so I don't know. And that can kind of like lead us into our last segment of today, and that's the whole... Jimmy Butler saga, and it's just weird. I haven't seen Like I haven't seen a player kind of like go through this ever Um, You saw Jimmy Butler kind of get into it with the young players in Chicago Uh, you kind of hear there's a little bit of um, Drama between Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins and the Timberwolves and it's just weird Especially when you factor in the fact that Jimmy Butler was the best player on the Timberwolves last year. As well as he was the last the best player on the Bulls. For like those last two years when after D-Rose kind of wasn't D-Rose anymore. So he's been the best player on his team for the past three, four years. Also like with on-the-court ratings. When he's on the court ratings they are way better than when he's off. And it's like very, how would you put it? Very drastic as well. Like, it's not even close. They are a really, really good team when he's on the court, and they are terrible when he's off. So, it's weird that a player of his um, impact making has this kind of like baggage with how his teammates kind of like perceive him as. It's just, it's crazy. Like, he does not seem happy. He seems to want out of Minnesota. He's meeting with the Timberwolves today to discuss his future. And,. You guys should be used to this by now. Every disgruntled star is always rumored to be an L.A. target. And part of that is L.A. LA always wants the biggest superstars and have, like, the best chance to obtain them. And the other side of that coin is agents will always say Lakers want them because that means their price tag goes up and their, like, value goes up. And what's weird is I've seen a lot of Laker fans say no thanks. Like, which is kind of weird because, again... LeBron's only here 3 to 4 years. Our best chance to win a title is probably LeBron with other superstars. But again, Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart can all develop into those stars, so that's why you wouldn't trade for him. So I don't know. Like the asking price for a Jimmy Butler is like 90% less than the asking price of an Anthony Davis. So you might only have to give up heart picks and a vet for Jimmy Butler whereas you'd have to give up the entire farm for Anthony Davis and also Jimmy Butler's a free agent next year who said he's open-minded to playing alongside LeBron James so do we wait a year try to get him in free agency or do we get him now and give up one asset to get him I do not know I don't know what the Timberwolves will accept because they've never made a trade with the Los Angeles Lakers I saw this somewhere on Twitter, I believe it was Reed NBA who had this, where the Lakers and the Timberwolves have never made a trade. And that stems back to the Lakers leaving the land of Minnesota and the 10,000 Lakes, where our name originally comes from. And yeah, it's just this whole Jimmy Butler and this whole Jimmy Butler scenario is just wild. And my Chicago friends have pointed out that jimmy butler normally shrinks in the playoffs but when you have lebron james hey maybe you can afford to kind of shrink in the playoffs because you look at Klay thompson and he doesn't always have the greatest playoff performances he'll have one or two games and that's all right for Klay thompson because he's playing alongside steph curry and kevin durant so who knows maybe jimmy butler plays better alongside lebron james and that can solve all those problems when healthy last season, Jimmy Butler averaged 22-5-5. and That would have been our best player by far last year. And again, the asking price for Jimmy is not as high as AD. So the Lakers and Timberwolves might meet in the middle, especially if the Jimmy and Minnesota can't come to an agreement by then and it's just they hate each other. The asking price for Jimmy Butler will be very low. Um this has a chance to be very similar to the Paul George type situation. Although, Oklahoma City had a whole year to kind of brainwash PG Stang. uh, A team that's going to trade for Jimmy Butler won't get that whole first summer to kind of like brainwash him a bit because I believe it was what late June which the Oklahoma City Thunder traded for Paul George. They had June through September to kind of feed him lies and all this stuff whereas if you get jimmy butler now you're only going to have like october through april which is not even a full year that's like eight months so you never know i'd be willing to give up picks like maybe one or two picks and i don't know i don't know if i can give up one of the young players for a player that might come next season but i'd be willing to give up like two picks kcp like Lance or JaVale and like Zubac or Bonga, or like something like that I don't think there's any chance that gets accepted Minnesota would then counter with what they want and then I think you can meet in the middle somewhere there so maybe we lose Hart maybe we lose Zvi maybe we lose Wagner those are probably the three players that the Lakers would be most willing to trade outside of because I don't think the Lakers make Kuzma, Lonzo, or Ingram um, available in a trade unless it's for an Anthony Davis. So, again, this is why Magic and Polenka are where they are. They have tough decisions to figure out. They need to get LeBron another title. They need to get the Lakers their 17th title overall. Like This is going to be, for the next three, four years, this is going to decide a ton for the Lakers. It's going to decide their present, and it's going to decide their future. What I think Magic and Palenka have stressed is they're going to not make moves that it's going to sacrifice the future just to make us good now. They're kind of going to do the best of both worlds. They're going to make sure our future is intact while giving us the best and greatest opportunity to compete for titles now. And that's why us as fans should give 100% of our backing and our support to this front office because they've handled everything perfectly so far. And I'm just very confident that they will pull the trigger on the right trade when a trade needs to be made. They will be patient. They won't overreact, which some of us fans do occasionally. Like, if I saw a trade for Anthony Davis, I would hit accept right away, whereas they might take their time with it and try to give up less. I just i am really happy those two dudes are where they are and doing what they do because they have righted the wrongs of the previous regime and it's just fascinating well that's going to be it for today make sure you follow along zotime podcast on twitter as well as um, hoops and brews as well on the same platform you can follow them on instagram as well Uh, make sure you subscribe on youtube on soundcloud on apple music to hoops and brews as well i've been your host daniel belt and laker fans it's really 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 going to be happening very quick so just buckle down buy all your Laker gear buy your Zotime merch at hoopsandbrews.com and until the next time we speak go Lakers